0: The opinions expressed in the following program are provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as advice from CJAD 800 or Bell Media. The following is sponsored content.
1: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Full Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business presented by FL Montreal. Dan Delmar and Josh Miller with you this evening on a special remote edition again of the program. Hello, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this evening we're going to do a bit of a uh, tour of various areas. Of course, another special on crisis management. Um, we're going to start by talking about insurance. We're going to get to labor law. Uh, of course, the latest updates on on government subsidies and all that is on the way later in the program. And how to prevent insolvency uh, later on the broadcast. First, Josh, um, any opening thoughts? How, how did you, how was your week last week? I mean, how how are you coping with all this?
2: I think you know, Dan. It's uh, it's it's very interesting. Of course, there's news that happens and 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 is brought out every day. Again, I think it's it's all about communication and it's all about managing people's fears to some degree. No question, managing the the business and the, and the slowdowns. I think it's a lot of discussions that I've been hearing about with bankers and financial institutions and potential subsidies. I, I think there's so much going on that. Uh, You know, like before we were trying to find enough hours in the day, it's still the same case just for lots of different reasons.
0: So uh, we'll get to some of these specific issues in a little bit, labor law, um, with our guest, Louis Seveno from Woods. We're gonna talk to, of course, some FL consultants later in the program as well about government support and more. Let's begin with insurance first though, Josh, and joining us now is Jim Hindley from Hindley Financial Services. Uh, Mr. Hindley, welcome to Today's
3: Entrepreneur. Nice to be here, thank you.
0: How have you been dealing with this crisis and, and what are your opening thoughts on on leadership in these times of great stress?
3: Well, it's a a very serious problem. It's affecting everybody, especially on on the health side. But for a businessman, it certainly has affected his business. And they're all looking to see how the insurance companies are going to react to see if there's any type of business interruption compensation that they have a chance to recover. Now,
2: the two magical words... Of course, and that's that's business interruption. And we understand that, you know, it's it's quite controversial and there's still a lot of discussion that's happening. But generally, it, you know, whether COVID-19 existed or not, what can you just explain or just describe what exactly is business interruption insurance?
3: Well, there's two types of insurance. There's property insurance, which protects all of the assets of the company. And then there's business interruption, which protects the financial structure of the company. But to trigger a business interruption loss, there must be physical damage to the property. And unfortunately, the insurance industry is looking at uh, the coronavirus as not being a physical damage. So therefore, they're taking the position of no coverage under the business interruption section.
2: Now, but that that being said, like so, regardless whether the government has imposed shutdowns or your your staff is is sick and away from home, uh, that's still still not falling under because there was no damage to property.
3: That's correct. Damage meaning, let's say, a fire, a flood, an earthquake, uh, bur- uh, burglary, water damage. These are all physical damages. This is a virus. And even though the government has imposed strict closures on staying home, not going to work, it doesn't necessarily mean that the company or the business has had a physical damage. Now, it may be, but in my experience, this virus could disappear within a couple of days. It could be there for a lifetime. Nobody knows. I'm not a lawyer, but... uh, I probably, maybe it will be tested sometime in the court. Uh, is virus a physical damage? I'm not so sure.
2: No, I understand. So, the, But there are, of course, still some businesses that, that are still working, still going on. And there's a lot of goods that, that are in transit, you know, stuff that's on the water, stuff that's coming from from Asia or elsewhere. How, is, how do you feel that is going to be treated?
3: Uh, as long as it's in, uh, if it's in transit, it's in uh, what we call ocean marine or air marine, it will be covered. Uh, not this. it will be covered for contamination, but again, a physical damage. Uh, it will arrive on the shores and then come by rail, probably, and then by truck uh, to the client's premises. And uh, then if it's arrived on time, he will be able to transport the goods to his clients and the deal is done. But that's, that's very unpredictable in these times because some of the countries are not producing the goods or they're not shipping the goods to our clients here in Canada. No, and
2: if they get diverted or elsewhere, you know, there was a case in January uh, of, of, you know, certainly a a ship offshore that that got, I know it wasn't COVID related, but something happened and then, you know, the the goods just didn't arrive.
3: That's correct, because that was the ancien ship. It happened in January. It caught fire. Uh, The tugboats were able to put the fire out. The boat was damaged. The salvage people decided to take it to the Bahamas. Uh, there was 3,700 containers on that boat, and they dictated that one to twenty bays were total loss, so people were able to recover their goods. Right. The balance, they had to wait until the goods arrived to see if they had received any physical damage.
2: So, 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 just, so just, to, just to interrupt Jim, just for a moment, just because we're we're running out of time for this segment, is if there is a small chance of people having access to some business interruption. Um, what, are the, what are the types of records that, that entrepreneurs should keep uh, on hand?
3: If their business has suffered because of the damage, uh, then they can recover all their gross profit uh, from the business you know, losing a lot of money. So that's on the business interruption. If they had their inventory at selling price, they would recover their selling price. Uh, when it comes to the marine that we just talked about, if the people had extended their marine policy to cover contingency BI, and then because the ship was delayed to come in and the customer lost his orders, then they would recover the BI under the contingency BI. So that's what I would suggest to people when they're discussing marine insurance with their insurance people.
2: Great. Thank you so much, Jim. Very very informative and still, still lots of information
3: uh, to be had and to be discussed. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Jim Hindley of Hindley Financial Services. And up next, Josh, we're going to take a look at the law with Louis Seveno of Woods LLP and certain legal challenges in this pandemic crisis. Today's Entrepreneur Special Remote Edition on CJAD 800.
1: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: Today's Entrepreneur Inspiring Stories from Outstanding Business People by FL Montreal. Dan Delmar and Josh Miller with you tonight remotely. Another special remote edition of Today's Entrepreneur focusing on crisis management. We heard from Jim Hindley of Hindley Financial Services just before on the insurance angle. And Josh, let's move on to law now. Uh, We'll talk to Louis Seveno from Woods. Uh, It's a litigation boutique um, that is certainly very busy right now. So he has an expertise in uh, contractual disputes, corporate and shareholder litigation, insolvency, employment law, cross-border issues, and more. Uh, Louis Savino, welcome to Today's Entrepreneur.
4: Thank you very much for having me.
0: How are you coping in law, especially uh, remote, a little bit disconnected from your clients uh, more so than usual? How are you coping with this?
4: Well, you know, it's a busy time uh, for, for many lawyers. Uh, in a way, most of the court proceedings are closed right now and uh, are suspended, but we have a lot of clients uh, calling in and writing in with a lot of questions,
2: and so uh, we're keeping busy. I think that's great, Louis. Thank you very much. And I, I know there there's a lot of areas that that you practice in, but I think we're going to focus on labor because that's that's clearly a topic for many entrepreneurs, no question. It's it's what the uh, the, the Canada Revenue Agency, the Canadian government, has been focusing on with uh, with their packages. And we'll we'll touch upon uh, more details on that when we talk with Peter Moratis of FL a little later. But in the meantime, let's talk about that labor law. You know, the employers. They're they're trying to figure out what to do with their with their teams, you know, their business is down, there's no question. They want to know what's what they're able to do. Um, Do they have the capacity to modify working conditions for their for their employers, given the context of the crisis? Um, What would you say, you know, in this certain circumstance? you know, are they allowed to to give pay cuts? You know, reduced hours. Can they can they change certain certain forms of leave? What do you say in that respect?
4: Well, um, employers definitely should be looking into that as a a potential means of ensuring that their liquidities are are uh, kept in a good position. However, they can't do um, do these things unilaterally. So this will involve strong communication between the employers and, and their employees. And there are a lot of things that can be done, but nothing, none of these um, items that you're discussing right now can be forced on employees. Otherwise, they can be considered constructive dismissal, uh, which then gives rise to severance obligations and in certain circumstances, even the potential
2: for an order of reintegration of the employees. Even if if um, business is, is down and they can't afford it, they there are certain circumstances where where really constructed dismissal? I mean, if a business is, is just trying to survive, how is that possible? Well,
4: that's the thing. And, and I think we're, we're going to get into it a little bit later. But um, in, in Quebec, there are certain elements that are available, like layoffs. Um, termination is also a possibility for economic reasons. But th- there's a difference between that and insisting that an employee remain as such but modifying the formal and important conditions of employment for the employee. So what we recommend in these situations, and we've seen a lot of businesses do it, even a lot of them publicly. uh, For example, if you discuss with your employees and say, listen, we can't pay you what we need to to pay you normally. We can't have you work all these hours as we normally would. Um, How do you feel about a 20% pay cut and a uh, 20% reduction in your hours? we've seen employers do that successfully and uh, be able to negotiate that with their employees that doesn't however um, prevent employees that disagree from making a recourse for constructive dismissal so this is something that can't be done unilaterally Um, we can get later on into um, things like layoffs which employers can do unilaterally and so typically what will happen is employers will tell their employees listen, we're thinking about layoffs, we would need to lay off 20 30 40 50% of you even more, as we've seen in the news media. Um, If instead, we propose to you a pay cut, what do you think? And so if we if employers can get their employees to agree to that, that is, that is definitely something
2: that they can look into. That Um, is something Louis, I would imagine the pay cut is that something that needs to be done across the board or with specific employees, like with layoffs, I would imagine, and please correct me if I'm wrong, layoffs, you can, you don't, know, you know, it's not across the board, you can, uh, you know, maybe it's a wrong term, but pick and choose who you lay off for a certain level, where, where I'm wondering if a pay, a pay cut or a pay reduction needs to be done across the board. Um, it, it's
4: possible that it would, um, usually it'll be per category of employees or according to um, the use the company is making of those employees during the crisis. Um, for example, if you have employees who can't work remotely because their, their job is simply a job that is done in person, um, it would make sense that those people be laid off for, for that amount of time. But what about those people who can work remotely? In that case, maybe then, the the layoff would apply to a certain category of people, and then for the other category, there could be a discussion about a pay cut. So I'm aware of of at least one business uh, in, in Quebec uh, which has done this publicly, where um, 60% of their force was laid off, and the remaining 40 took a um, took I believe a 20% pay cut, um, but is working four days a week remotely. So these are things that are possible. The employees had to agree to it, and. If anything, employers can modify unilaterally these conditions. However, that becomes illegal if the employees
2: refuse it and contest it. So so now what is the difference between, uh, you know, you can lay off people, but then there's a potentially termination. Uh, but termination comes with a whole other slew of, of requirements, and you really have to follow all the labor laws. And I don't want to get into that necessarily. We don't have a time. But for businesses today that are, that are you know dealing with with business slowdown and need to is need to adjust their payroll levels, adjust their the number of employees. Is, are layoffs really just the easiest thing to go through? And if that's the case, how do how do they communicate with their employees?
4: Well, here's the thing. Um, well, you know, when we mention terms like termination, dismissal, layoff, these terms have uh, in common English certain definitions which don't necessarily always translate into. Uh, legal English, especially in Quebec here where we have our own legal system. Um, So I think for today we prefer to talk about um, layoffs. Layoffs can be permanent, in which case they would be uh, basically what you would refer to as termination, or they can be temporary. And then basically the law will stipulate that if a layoff lasts over six months, it's basically the same thing as if it had been uh, permanent, and then uh, certain indemnities are payable by the employer in that case. So there is a possibility for a temporary layoff, whether on an individual or collective basis. Um, And then it's just that there are specific rules for each. And then there are specific rules that are for the unionized sector, and there are specific rules
2: that are for um, companies that don't have unions. Thanks. So, So just to clarify, and perhaps this might be the last question we get to, when companies are determining which employees to lay off, are there certain criteria that they need to follow within Quebec legal guidelines, or is it up to each business?
4: There certainly are uh, criteria. And the most important thing that a business needs to consider is that um, should the choice of the employees be contested, that it always be deemed to have been objective. And so the employer will want to look at things like, um, like which employees can or can't perform work uh, during the covid crisis but so want to look at things like seniority what you want to avoid is any situation where you're either seem to be um, s- seemingly discriminatory where you're picking and choosing employees um, this is this is the kind of thing that you'll want to avoid so there is a certain level of um, of, of method to this and and it's definitely something that you will want to consult a
2: lawyer on before uh, proceeding to any any layoffs Thanks very much, Louis. Much appreciated. I know it's a huge topic and there's only so much we can get to in a short period of time, but thanks for at least giving us a a great head start.
4: Thank you very much for having
2: me.
0: Louis Seveno, uh, lawyer at Woods, uh, talking about some of the legal issues. And up next, Josh, we're going to talk about some of the government help coming your way with PJ Moretis, tax partner at FL, and what we can do to prevent insolvency. Patrick Sullivan on that. That's on the way.
1: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on FLMontreal.com.
0: Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller with you, presented as always by FL Montreal and another special crisis edition of the program, Josh, uh, recorded remotely. And um, government help is going to be so huge for pretty much everyone going forward at this point. Are you generally satisfied with what you're seeing out of the uh, federal governments and even the provincial government here in Quebec?
2: I think you know, Dan. It's uh, yes and no. I mean, yes, there's a great. I think there's a great intent. You know, the intention is is quite nice. The details are a little slow. Uh, that all that being said, you know, it's it is new. It is recent. Uh, could they have done things faster? Listen, there's it's government. Government doesn't always move as quickly as as could be. Thankfully that that you know people can can go can avoid banks and go directly through government where I've seen and heard in the US that a lot of their programs actually are through banks first, Uh, you know, like the the paycheck protection program uh, isn't directly through the government it's actually through bank system, so at least here in Canada. Uh, if I may praise them a little bit, notwithstanding everything else that they could be faulted for, uh, at least they're go- we're going directly through the government and not through a third intermediary.
0: On a more serious note, if things get really bad, we'll talk about how to prevent insolvency with Patrick Sullivan in a moment. But first, let's take a look now at some of the latest government programs. Uh, Peter Mredis is with us, tax partner at FL. Welcome back, Peter.
2: Hi, Dan. Hi, Josh. And you know, Pete, uh, you know, th- this is information that is all fresh. And I think there's even still details to come out. Um, but when we're when we're talking about businesses, and I'll, I'll leave the, the personal stuff on the side for a moment, so that two thousand a month that the government is is saying for for certain certain employees or certain people that are not working, well, we might come to that if we have time. But first, let's deal on the business side, that entrepreneurial side. This Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, the C E W S, or however they want to pronounce it, uh, that they you know started at ten percent, went to seventy five percent. There's there's definitely still details to come out, but maybe you can kind of quickly go over what those criteria are for the people that haven't really read it yet, or maybe you can put it in in layman's terms what it means.
5: For, For sure, the one thing is that I'm noticing now is people understand how why tax people can never give a straight answer because now this is all these rules that are coming out, like you said, Josh, are taking time and the details are are not all there, and it's impacting a lot more people than. Normal uh, uh, tax measures, uh, but essentially this this incentive, kind of like what you and you were talking about with Louie, where there's been a lot of layoffs and a lot of people going to request for this uh, CERB, this two thousand dollars a month, is putting a lot of pressure on on the, on the system, and the government's trying to find a way to kind of reduce that backlog by just uh, incentivizing the employers to to keep their their, their payroll on on staff. And essentially, um, kind of some of the details that have come out this week, although the law is not yet issued, is that any company that would have um, suffered a thirty percent loss uh, year over year for let's say the months of March, April, and May that are to come, uh, would be eligible for a seventy five percent subsidy of all their payroll costs, or for over the over the next three months.
2: But each month stands on its own, correct?
5: Correct. So. Um since it's a month uh, year over year uh, analysis over a specific month and we have some clients that still had orders in March and didn't necessarily meet this 30% uh test but they will definitely meet it in April since things have shut down.
2: So now what about from uh, we we know that thankfully basically all companies nonprofits are are part of this now excluding public companies but there are certain questions like is this covering all payroll like if you if you're down 30 percent, you still have you know you, you didn't you've laid off some people uh you still have the rest is this covering everybody that's on a company's payroll
5: correct so um the way it was kind of announced was that they wanted to ha- rehire people unfortunately there's some businesses that you know even it just doesn't make sense to rehire so it, it's uh, it's eligible for anybody who's still continuing to get paid whether they're brought back onto payroll or if they're just the the remaining uh, core of of the enterprise that are uh, that are still being paid. Uh, One of the interesting things that they've mentioned uh, is that um, they they strongly recommend that the employers pay the additional 25 percent to the employees, but that they understand, given the circumstances, that if the cash flow is not available, uh, that it's not a requirement requirement. So this is essentially an opportunity for a business to completely subsidize uh, people's employment, uh, like what they were with with the only cost to the employee, um, like a uh, certain employee employer the deductions, like uh, pension plans and, and 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 certain amounts like that.
2: Like, what about group insurance? If the if the company keeps group insurance, I guess they're still responsible for
5: that. Correct. Correct. Yeah, the 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 seventy five percent credit is really for gross wages paid
2: but gross wages what if what if somebody earns 30,000 but they have a $500 a month car allowance
5: well and you know i mean from a that's, that's not going to be something that the government would necessarily subsidize it's not for uh, like other benefits it's really wage paid um like that's more of a, a, a an employment or a business decision with the with the employees who likely are not able to use let's say their car for business during that period um but I think, um, but I think like one of the one of the interesting aspects is that they're really determining what was the regular employment uh, amount that they were making prior prior to the crisis. That's going to be something that's going to be now law in the tax act. The COVID pre-crisis employment earnings, uh, and they'll be and and again, kind of like Louis was saying, this is something I imagine there, there's going to have to be a discussion with each employee that that they will accept this. This reduction in wages of 25%, and at least for certain businesses like restaurants, hospitality, airlines, where there's really no longer any revenues, uh, they can keep them on payroll and out of the um, out of the EI system.
2: Will it be of uh, anybody that's actually applied? Uh, do you feel that the application or the 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 process online? Have you heard anything about that being easy or difficult?
5: So um, they have mentioned similarly to the to, to the measures for individuals that it's going to be available through online. So any companies that uh, do not have a, a my business account on CRA's uh, website portal should maybe look into registering. Um, there might be some some delays where they they send in um, a confirmation uh, letter like a code to be able to get access. Uh, and generally, when it's through that portal. Uh, things should be relatively simple if if the uh, employees have um, direct deposit. Uh, the Minister of Finance, Morneau, has kind of indicated that it will take uh, at least three weeks, if not six weeks, before uh, the amount for the subsidies are available. So that's where it'd be interesting to uh, uh, for Patrick to comment on on uh, on on kind of the delays from a financing aspect here, because the wages will need to get paid paid out um, previously. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but no, I think I think I think it will take some time, but it won't be uh, too too hard to handle.
2: No, uh, and and I imagine, and I know Pete. Uh, there's also it's it's March, April, May, but of course the periods of pay only start from March 15th and go to kind of four week pay periods that, that it will cover. Uh, and of course, all this is is on the Canada.ca website.
5: An important announcement today was made: the government began to accept applications for the emergency response benefit today. Uh, This is the $2,000 a month government program to help those who have lost their jobs or are no longer earning any self-employment income for a period of 14 days due to COVID. Applications um, are actually available based on the month of birth for each individual. So today was those of the first quarter, January to March. And every day, there's going to be another quarter until Thursday. CRA has already advised that they've processed over 1,000 applications a minute today. For uh, our incorporated entrepreneurs. The previous test required that applicants had to have earned at least $5,000 of employment income the previous year. Uh, now they've also included non eligible dividends in that $5,000 test. So a lot of people who are, pay themselves only by dividends will be eligible. Uh, and they've also announced um, that they're going to work on some measures for those who are continuing to work part time for essential services but don't earn, let's say, the $2,000 a month. So they're going to be compensated as well. And also for that uh, we'd be normally looking for a job now that school is ending.
2: So really, Pete, thank you so much. I know, as always, there's information coming out every day, uh, almost every hour, it seems like. And uh, and as there's information that comes out, I guess it, it will just get shared with everybody. So thank you so much, Peter.
5: Thanks, Josh. Thank you.
0: Peter, Peter is tax partner at FL. And on the way next, we'll talk about how to prevent insolvency. Patrick Sullivan, trustee at FL, on that. Today's Entrepreneur, Special Crisis Management Edition, broadcast remotely on CJD 800.
1: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller-Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
0: Today's entrepreneur inspiring stories from outstanding business people by FL Montreal, Dan Delmar and Josh Miller with you tonight remotely again for a special crisis management edition of the program. And so we're looking at law and HR and some of the government benefits, Josh. We'll move on to preventing insolvency. And it's a very scary time for a lot of people. I mean, in some cases... People had completely healthy businesses just a few, a few weeks ago and and now are flirting with the idea of bankruptcy. Um, just in terms of uh, advice, Josh, just general advice, um, what would you recommend for people that are sort of looking at the abyss right now? It's it's a very difficult situation to be in.
2: It is, and, and you really have to look ahead and you really have to plan for the future. But it does start with the top line. So the question becomes, If your top line has eroded or gone to zero, is there any way that you can do anything differently? Is there? Do you have any? Do you have any resources? Do you have any 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 reserves in the bank? I mean, there's there's so many things. Do you need to reinvent yourself? We've spoken about reinventing yourself on this on this today's entrepreneur for many many years. Is now it may be hopefully it's not too late. But is there anything else that you could be doing to reinvent yourself to make yourself useful? Uh, and I know, I know it's a very case by case and and tough, uh, but you know, entrepreneurs really, you know, they have the time to think about it. So now's the time to think about it.
0: Patrick Sullivan is a partner at FL and a trustee uh, to talk about insolvency and how to prevent those kinds of situations. Patrick, welcome back.
2: Always a pleasure. And Pat, you know, it's it's not a very fun topic to to discuss. That being said, you know, we know that. Sales are, are dwindling or dropping to zero and some people don't have the reserves to stick around and, and fight this out for several weeks or several months or however long it's going to last. So what are maybe some of the things, whether it's from a restructuring, whether it's from a talking to certain suppliers, what are some of the things that, that come off the top of your head uh, to either try to minimize the hurt or avoid that closure altogether? Well,
6: the, uh, number one, I think that the, the stay in touch, keep communicating with your suppliers is probably part of the key. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily help the top line uh, business-wise, but at least you're, you're facing the problem and you have to bear in mind that your key suppliers are probably facing similar problems with their suppliers. So everybody sort of has to work together to go through these times. Now, you have to understand that you know, certain companies were already in financial difficulties prior to the COVID nineteen, so they're going to get out of the uh, out of the map in any in any situation. Now, the whole idea is to try to avoid getting too many companies failing once you know the economy starts picking up again. Now, there are certain uh, either formal or informal ways uh, to try to settle with your suppliers. I mean. You can always try an informal proposal to your creditors which basically is trying to stabilize your cash flow by dealing with your key suppliers and obviously getting some kind of a a forbearance agreement in place that will allow you to pay them over a period of time without jeopardizing them continuing to supply you uh,
2: with the ongoing business. Are you suggesting um, that are you suggesting that to be an official proposal or more of a user relationships and talk to them
6: it, It's it's a user relationship proposal we you know it's it's really the informal way without using the mechanisms of the bankruptcy and insolvency act where everybody sort of gets put on hold prior to what the the filings now obviously doing it the informal way there're goods and there's pros and cons to, to this way because Obviously, you need to work with many suppliers. They some will require different deals, different ways. Uh, it, it becomes it, it's a turnaround plan that is difficult to put into place where you're sure it's going to be successful. Uh, in that, some of your suppliers might have a grudge against you, and uh, you know they'll never accept anything. And it obviously does not prevent. Uh, those
2: suppliers to literally petition you into bankruptcy. So now, yes, yeah, it exists, but under, understood. Now the the government is is being generous and saying you know delaying you know GST, QST, uh, sales taxes and all that. Um, I haven't you know necessarily gotten to deductions at source, but if they're if they're giving leeway on that and you're not paying you know the the sales tax as an example, you know. It, your business still could go down. Then what happens? Well, obviously the, the government is, is, is
6: giving information pertaining, you know, pushing things forward. In other words, they're not giving you a gift. So yes, they're, they're, they're going to be authorizing you to defer such payments, but eventually they're going to come back. Now, obviously business has to pick up so that you can get your input tax credits. If we're talking GST, QST and vice versa. But eventually, yes, the, the the money will have to be paid at some point in time.
2: And if not, uh, then you then, then well, if the not,
6: you're 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 on the hook. Uh, you know, I I I haven't heard anything pertaining to director liabilities being waived. Uh, you know, for non-payment of GST, QST, or whatever. So yes, we're we're deferring things, but we're not necessarily removing uh, the right of the government to come
2: after you at some point in time. In uh, we're we're running out of time, but in 30 seconds or less, or is there any financing options out there that you've heard about, whether it's EDC, BDC, IQ, that you can uh, quickly quickly the, comment on?
6: There's there's a, there's a whole bunch of either provincial or federal programs that that have been put into place, but I, I'd like to say just four comments on you know what really is required uh, in order to be eligible for these programs. One is yeah, ha- the companies must demonstrate that their financial problems. Uh, arose directly, or you know, were directly impacted by COVID-19. Uh, they they must also demonstrate that they were financially viable prior to the impact of COVID-19. Uh, cash flows are a must. I mean, I don't think there's any lenders that will be just uh, giving out uh, loans and uh, like like in a candy store. They're going to require serious cash flows and projections to demonstrate that the company will return to a viable position. Uh, and obviously the, the, the fourth one and last is, you, all demand should go through their existing bankers first because many of these programs are loan guarantees. Uh, you know, they they split the risk. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole flu and I mean, it, it's a moving target. So there's new programs, there's new criterias. And I, I have to tell you, I've been talking to bankers and again, they're still in the process of analyzing you know, how they can maneuver within all of these. And they're in touch with IQ, EDC and BDC to say, okay, how are we gonna put this in place and get, you know, get the loans out? You know, so it's, it's uh, right now it's more, their bankers are getting many, many, many calls from their clients saying, okay, can we defer the payment on our mortgages? Can we defer the payment on our lease contracts? This is, you know, it's, it's a crisis period And uh, it'll take a few weeks in order for all of these programs to get into place and really uh, have everybody uh, fine-tuning the way they're going to work around this.
0: Patrick Sullivan, trustee at FL. Thanks so much, Patrick. A pleasure, guys. And Josh, a quick note to wrap up. Um, What's your advice for today's entrepreneur going on a month into a crisis? Uh,
2: I, I wish there was only one piece of advice. I wish there was one magical word but uh, certainly for those that are going through financial difficulties uh, just don't go at it alone just just open the door talk to people talk to your banker talk to EDC talk to me talk to whoever you have to people there are there is a willingness to help if you've been affected by COVID-19 in your business there's a willingness to help open the communication doors don't be afraid of the big bad financial monster.
0: Visit flmontreal.com to get the latest info on COVID-19 related support measures and pvisio.com to answer all your questions as an employer. And Josh, best of luck for the week ahead. Have a good night. See you soon. The opinions expressed in the preceding program were provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as advice from CJAD 800 or Bell Media. The preceding was sponsored content.